Hi, friends. <laughs> so this is one of those weeks, and this happens to pastors, but one of those weeks where putting together a sermon was a little bit hard. So on Monday afternoon, as many of us are aware, around 3.30 in the afternoon. So for me, I was here at the church. I was anxiously awaiting my board of ordained ministry results after my interview, which I was successful, by the way. Thank you. Yes, yes, some levity. (laughs) But at... That particular moment at 3.30, I was watching my son and his toddler friends play on the playground. Our buses were bringing the sounds of joy and laughter, our neighborhood ministry kids onto our campus for another wonderful afternoon of programming. But little did any of us here on this campus know, little did probably any of us in this community know that just over a mile away from our church, A shooting was happening in our very own town. Eleven people were injured. Luckily, none of them were killed. But the shock and the heaviness and the uneasiness still remains the same. And so I really wondered, and I wrestled, and I prayed, as a pastor, what do I do? What do any of us do? We are hurt. We are shocked. What I heard talking with people over and over again is, I can't believe this happened here in Lakeland, in our town. Our neighbors, fellow children of God, have experienced tragedy in our very own town, just a little over a mile away from our very own church. Suffering is inexplainable. There are no words, there are no platitudes that take it away. But that does not mean that we are not a people that don't have hope even in the midst of our grief. We do know that God comes to us in suffering, with care, with compassion, with hope. And that's something that we can cling to. We can cling to that promise even in the midst of our own confusion and wrestling with pain. So I found a lot of solidarity in Paul's words to the church of Corinth from our scripture passage for today. I'll be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 1 out of the CEB. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I didn't come preaching God's secrets to you like I was an expert in speech or wisdom. I had made up my mind not to think about anything While I was with you, except Jesus Christ, and to preach him crucified. I stood in front of you with weakness and fear and a lot of shaking. Solidarity. My message and my preaching weren't presented with convicting and wise words, but with the determination of the spirits and of power. I did this so that your faith might not depend on the wisdom of people, but on the power of God. So Paul was preaching to an extremely divided church in an extremely, extremely divisive culture. So the Corinthian society sought to divide people by class structure, the haves and the have-nots, with strict discrimination between folks based on how much one had or didn't have. And so all of this was infiltrating its way into the church. 
And so even the church of Corinth was persecuting the poor among them. And on top of that, they were making all of these theological dividing lines over things that Paul was urging them, please, they don't really even matter. Like which teacher or apostle was their favorite or was the most holy or was the most right. But Paul was trying instead to point them to Christ instead of all these made-up divisions that they had among them, reminding them that it is the Holy Spirit that gives one power, not knowledge or status, that they can't look to the wisdom of people, they can't be influenced by the divisions of the culture, but instead seek to be unified around what they know is true, the call of the gospel of Christ. Paul continues, God has revealed these things to us through the Spirit, The Spirit searches everything, including the depths of God. Who knows a person's depths except their own spirit that lives within them? In the same way, no one has known the depths of God except God's Spirit. We haven't received the world's Spirit, but God's Spirit, so that we can know the things given to us by God. These are the things that we are talking about, not with words taught by human wisdom, but with words taught by the Spirit. We are interpreting scriptural, spiritual things to spiritual people. But people who are unspiritual don't accept the things from God's Spirit. They are foolishness to them and can't be understood because they can only be comprehended in a spiritual way. Spiritual people comprehend everything, but they themselves aren't understood by anyone. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who will advise him? But we, we have the mind of Christ. So in the midst of all this chaos, in the midst of all this division, in the midst of the injustices of their day, Paul calls them to unity in the spirit of Christ. Paul reminds them that this, this is the goal of the Christian community, to have the mind of Christ. And that means that things are going to look different for their community. They will not be dividing themselves into factions based on who has more power and who has more status. That means they're not going to be casting to the side those who are downtrodden, those who do not have much. Those whose society may choose to overlook or forget. Instead, they will be responding in a spiritual way that is united by the Spirit of God. They will be growing as a community in a way that will cause them to have the mind of Christ. They will be committed to that gospel of Jesus Christ and to Christ's greatest commandment, which was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. Seeking to have the mind of Christ and be united around the mind of Christ means being committed to the things that Jesus was committed to. Loving God and loving neighbor, to seeking justice, and loving mercy. As John Wesley instilled within Methodism from the very, very beginning, to do no harm, and to do all the good that you can. And so Paul is reminding them, in the midst of all the chaos, this, this is the simple call of the church. 
So the NAACP, our local chapter, held a gathering the day after the shooting, urging a response of love. And what a beautiful thing to cling on to. So here is a quote from the news article that was covering that event. This is from Terry Connie, a local pastor who is also president of the NAACP. He said, violence doesn't solve anything. We just got through celebrating Dr. King's birthday a couple of weeks ago. And in his words, love conquers hate. And so Terry is right. Dr. Martin Luther King boldly proclaimed that only love can drive out hate. And that, that theologically reflects the role of the church in times of suffering. We know that suffering doesn't have an explanation. We know that God doesn't cause suffering, but we know that the church, the church is God's response to suffering. We can be the hands and feet. We can be the reflection of God's compassion and care and concern to a world that is hurting. We can be the love and we should be the love that drives out hate. And so there are many ways that we can and we should continue to advocate for justice on a larger scale. We keep throwing around the phrase of the things that we agree on as Americans, that common sense gun reform, the things that the majority of Americans agree upon, rooted in our United Methodist principles, theologically and scripturally grounded in doing no harm in the greatest commandment to love our neighbor. But we also have another opportunity that is right before us that I don't want to let us pass by something to directly love our neighbor within the context of the ministries of our church. Each week, nearly a 100 students from our area neighborhoods come to attend what we call the Neighborhood Ministries After School Program. At this, they learn that this church loves them. They learn that God loves them. They get help with their homework. They get a snack. They play games. They are mentored and shepherded by staff who truly and deeply and authentically care for them and care for their families. And would you know that some of the students who are in this program live in the very neighborhood where this shooting happened? And so as a people who are called to have the mind of Christ, who are called to do all the good we can, called to love our neighbor Now is the time to invest in these students, in all of these students. So the first thing we can do is something that we all can do, something we all should do, is to pray for the students of neighborhood ministries. Yes, our hearts are heavy for the ones who particularly live in this neighborhood, but all of these students are people who reflect our neighbor's. Kids from our community who experience the love of God and community and friendship each week on our campus. The second I would invite you to do is to consider tangibly helping with neighborhood ministries. There's contact information for the director and the associate director there on the screen. This is also available on the staff page of our website if you're unable to get this down. 
We can feel so lost when tragedy strikes on what can we do? How can we help? How can we do something to be the hands and feet of Jesus? But we have an excellent opportunity right in front of us. If you have availability between 2.30 and 3.30 or 2.30 and 5.30, excuse me, on weekdays, that's about when programming runs. We have tons of opportunities for you to serve with these students on neighborhood. We need people to ride the bus one day a week. We need people to provide tutoring or help students work through their homework, assist with activities, helping with chapel once a month, playing games with them. Even if you can just make it down here once, I was told they're looking for people to do presentations on special interests, hobby, what your current or former career was for the students. These are all just simple ways that we can show these kids that we are a church who cares for them. We are a church who cares for their neighbors. And I know not everybody can physically make it here during that time frame. For those of us that work, well, those are the exact hours when we work. But they are also in need of donations for snack time. So again, you can reach out and find out what exactly they're looking for, what the numbers and quantities are. Normally, Stephanie and Sean go out and get bulk orders of things from Sam's Club, but homemade items, special treats, something above and beyond the normal things that says this was provided by this Sunday school class or this small group or this person from the church who just wanted you to know that they care about you. It shows them that we care, that this isn't just a place where they get to hang out after school for a couple hours before their parents get off work, but this is a place that reflects the love of God to them. So even in the midst of uncertainty and wrestling and tragedy, the call of our church remains clear. To seek the Spirit of God, to seek to have the mind of Christ, to follow God's command to love God, God and love our neighbor, to seek justice, to love mercy, to do no harm and do all the good in our community and in our world. When we find the ways we can to live into that, we are living into our mission of being disciples of Jesus Christ who transform the world. Will you close with me in prayer? God of compassion, of justice, of love. We continue to pray for the people of our community, particularly in the wake of the shooting this week. May we be emboldened, may we be encouraged in all the ways that we can, Lord, to be reflectors of your love, of your justice, of your care, and of your compassion to all those that we meet in our world. Amen. Okay, friends, so as we prepare to go from this place, may you hear this benediction. That even in the midst of wrestling, uncertainty, doubt, the hard things that we go through in life, may we know that God's grace is sufficient for us. May that be that focusing on the gospel of Christ be what we commit to as people of God. And being God's response of love in the world, friends, may that be the simple thing that we can thank God and focus on. Amen. 
And so as you go from this place, may you seek to be reflectors of God's love in the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.